Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Bonjour, bonjour. Oh my goodness, I am so grateful that we can join together in this way. My name is Jennifer Hadley. We're talking about A Course in Miracles, and this week the topic is Fear and Weakness Transformed. Yep, that's our topic. And uh, it's interesting, Spirit has guided me once again to the workbook, so we'll see how this unfolds, but let's begin with a blessing right now. Let's bless ourselves in our joining. So I invite you to join me. We place our hands on our hearts. Take that breath of gratitude. Use gratitude to rise up above the battlefield, up above the worry and the fear and the doubt. So grateful to open our hearts and minds to what the truth is all about. We are grateful to remember and to recognize that our wholeness is intact. Our true identity is real, eternal, infinite. We are grateful to recognize the pure perfection that we already are. We're giving up false ideas about ourselves and about the world. We're grateful to stand on the rock of truth and to broadcast that to all of our brothers and sisters who are experiencing challenges and difficulties, feeling overwhelmed and unable to go on. We're supporting everyone by our joining together right here, right now, and recognizing the truth is that we already are perfect love. We cannot be any more holy than we already are. So we're blessing the world with our holiness, sharing the benefits with all. We let it be, and so it is. Amen, amen, amen. Hmm, so grateful. So I, I've been having some technical difficulties getting started, and uh, this is the third prayer that I've done, and I think I've got all the tech stuff working now. And it, it, it reminds me, whenever there's an issue and I have to start again and pray again, it's not a problem. It's not a problem. I know absolutely that more prayer brings more benefit because we're holding our focus and our attention. And uh, it also reminds me that I do record a new prayer every single day. And I publish it in my, along with my daily shot of spiritual espresso. So if you're not aware of that, you can go to jenniferhadley.com and you can sign up to get my daily shot of spiritual espresso one time, three times, or every day of the week along with that prayer. You can also find my Prayer for Today podcast wherever you're getting your podcasts from. Yes, indeed. So the power of prayer has totally transformed my life. Uh, 
Yes, it has. It's one of the reasons why it's a bedrock of my programs. And in fact, so many people tell me that's one of the best things they got from the programs is this anchoring in prayer. It helps us to realize that our mind is the mind of God. There is no separate mind. It helps us to take our power back. So we're not praying to get things, no, and we're not begging and beseeching in our prayers. We're praying the A Course of Miracles way, which is to know and remember the truth, to hand things over and to surrender attachments we have to thinking we know how things should be or could be or we wish they were. So we're opening ourselves to this awareness of love's presence and anchoring ourselves in it, steeping ourselves in it. And the more we pray, the more we come back to our true nature and our right-mindedness, our miracle-mindedness. And I feel it's so valuable to consistently remember, and I used to remind myself of it all the time, which is that a miracle is a shift in consciousness when we go from thinking ego thoughts to the thoughts we think with God, the thoughts that are true and everlasting. And so when we change our thinking in that way, then things have to change in form. They have to. And they may not line up the way we'd like them to in terms of how it looks, but how it feels. So if we're praying to get stuff because we think that stuff is going to give us peace or happiness or health or wholeness, we are mistaken. It's the shifts in consciousness that bring the peace, the health, the wholeness, the happiness. So praying to know the truth is life-changing. It's absolutely life-changing. And as promised today, uh, fear and weakness transformed. So we're looking at Lesson 196 in the workbook, which is entitled, It Can Be But Myself I Crucify. It Can Be But Myself I Crucify. Let's, Let's dig in here. So it begins with, when this is firmly understood and kept in full awareness, you will not attempt to harm yourself, nor make your body slave to vengeance. When it's firmly understood that it's only ourselves we can crucify, and we keep this in our awareness, we keep our attention on it, then we won't attempt to harm ourselves anymore, and we won't be making the body slave to vengeance. What does that mean, slave to vengeance? Well, I think of the teaching from the Course of illness is a defense against the truth. Sickness is a defense against the truth. And I think of when there is um, self-destructive behavior. Isn't that making the body slave to vengeance? Because the, we often, when there's self-attack and self-sabotage, many times, not always, of course, But many times the body is involved. We hurt ourselves 
in one way or another. He goes on, you will not attack yourself and you will realize that to attack another is but to attack yourself. That is so helpful to understand because we're looking at, okay, I attack myself and when I attack others, I'm also attacking myself. So let me just decide and determine to give up all attack thoughts, to give up any need to attack, any desire to attack, any predilection to attack, all patterns of attack, let them permanently resolve and dissolve back to the root cause so we never experience them anymore. Let this be true not just for myself, but for everyone. Let all attack thoughts be dissolved permanently. We share the same mind with everyone, so... If to attack ourselves, or rather to attack another, is to attack ourselves, well, to bless ourselves is to bless everyone. Dun-da-da-da. How wonderful. It says, you will be free of the insane belief that to attack a brother saves yourself. Well, I used to think that thought all the time. It's sometimes consciously, sometimes not fully focusing on that but I used to uh, attack other people thinking they're wrong I'm right and a need to defend myself when people were saying you're wrong I'm right and both of those things were patterns of attack I'm right you're wrong you're wrong I'm right all of that is attack and it's always about the self Self-hatred projected outward, self-attack projected outward, and received, magnified, multiplied. It says, and you will understand, excuse me, you will be free of the insane belief that to attack a brother saves yourself, and you will understand Your brother's safety is your own, and in his healing, you are healed. This is the theme of the Course, is it not? That in our recognizing our brothers and sisters, other beings, as part of ourselves, we come back into our right mind. It says, perhaps at first you will not understand how mercy, limitless, and with all things held in its sure protection can be found in the idea we practice for today. At first you will not understand how mercy can be found in the idea we practice for today. Remember the lesson 196, it can be but myself I crucify. So, Mercy is in this idea we're practicing here. It says, It may, in fact, appear to be a sign that punishment can never be escaped because the ego, under what it sees as threat, is quick to cite the truth to save its lies. Hmm, interesting. Yet must it fail to understand the truth it uses thus. 
but you can learn to see these foolish applications and deny the meaning they appear to have. So, the talk about crucifixion, I think, is extremely helpful. Because whenever we're trying to crucify someone else, we're crucifying ourselves. Crucifixion is an attack. So it's crucifixion, attack, crucifixion, attack. Attack is crucifixion. Being able to see that when we project an attack outwards or inwards, it's always some kind of crucifixion. Using that word helps us to look at it, perhaps, in a different light. I'm going to drop down to paragraph number four that says, Today's idea, that I can only crucify myself, Today's idea is one step we take in leading us from bondage to the state of perfect freedom. Let us take this step today that we may quickly go the way salvation shows us, taking every step in its appointed sequence as the mind relinquishes its burdens one by one. Now, at first we might read that and think, oh, one by one, aye. But then it says, it is not time we need for this. It is but willingness. For what would seem to need a thousand years can easily be done in just one instant by the grace of God. I can honestly say that when I was coming to the place of this kind of willingness to have my mind be restored, be healed, back to right-mindedness, when I felt fearful and weak, I did think, oh, this will take a thousand years, a thousand human years of lifetimes, many lifetimes, to do this kind of transformation. And it's shocking to me that it does not take thousands of years, many, many lifetimes. It does not. The holy instant is available to all of us. Only willingness is required. And that holy instant is the grace of God, The thing is, fearful thoughts and and feeling weak, which increases fearful thinking for most people, it uh, takes up a lot of time and energy, doesn't it? it? It takes our attention. And so we then make decisions about managing and coping with things in the world. So, for instance, as uh, this is being recorded and published uh, October 1st, I am 
in touch with people who have had their roofs blown off and things like that in the hurricane, experiencing tremendous damage and seeing all kinds of suffering in their relatives. And so in that experience, there is the tendency to be triggered into lots of fear and worry about how things are going to go and what's going to happen. And to try and be working and working and working in the world to fix things, which totally makes sense, completely understandable. And yet, what is actually most productive and most helpful is to go to spirit and to say, like we talked about last time, I don't know what anything is for. And still, this has to be for my good. My house being demolished, my business being demolished, it has to be for my good. I'm going to claim my good. I refuse to look at this and say, this is bad. This is not good. I am claiming my good in this. So, because we're not victims of circumstance. We're not. We're not victims of the world. We're the dreamers of the world. So this is in our dream experience in order to bring us benefit. Let's claim that and not delay it. Let's not delay the benefits by thinking that there are none. Now, this can be highly confrontational. And for me, doing this work, exactly, working Lesson 196 and Lesson 25 that I talked about last time, I do not know what anything is for. Working these simple lessons, deeply healing, deeply transformative, getting out of the the habit of judging everything, thinking what I that I know what things are for, thinking that um, something bad is happening to me, thinking that other people should be punished or that I am being punished by this experience. I'm sure there are many people who with who are going through this hurricane experience and they feel like they're being punished because they feel guilty, because they feel sinful. Not that they are guilty or sinful, but that's how they feel. That's the decision that they've made about themselves. That's their perception. That's their projection. And so then they take difficulties and they make the meaning of it that they're being punished and they must have deserved it, that God doesn't really love them. But God doesn't give uh, wealth to people God loves and and take away, uh, burn the house to the ground or pull the roof off of the house of people that God doesn't love or that God wants to punish because they're sinful. This, this is nothing of the nature of God. It's all the nature of ego. And so when these thoughts appear in our mind, we need to do more than just say, ugh. (laughs) We need to be able to say, that's not a true thought, and I'm not going to think that thought. 
I'm not interested in giving that thought the time of day. I'm not interested in giving that thought a place to live in my awareness. No, thank you. Uh, There's a Turkish proverb that I think is very helpful, and it goes something like, there's nothing you can do about the birds circling around your head, but you do not have to let them build a nest in your hair. And so these thoughts that we're being punished, that we're sinners, that we don't deserve, that uh, something's wrong with us, that it's never going to go well for us, that we have to try and figure everything out, that we're on our own. All of this is ego thinking, and we don't have to manage and cope with any of these situations and circumstances. It is shocking how quickly we can rise above when we're willing to think the thoughts we think with God and to do this work that's being talked about in this lesson here. And all that's required for the grace of God is the one instant of true willingness. So that's where we keep our attention and focus. Paragraph four here. Today's idea is one step we take in leading us from bondage to the state of perfect freedom. Again, today's idea, lesson 196. It is but myself I can crucify. Let us take this step today that we may quickly go the way salvation shows us, taking every step in its appointed sequence as the mind relinquishes its burdens one by one. It is not time we need for this. It is but willingness. For what would seem to need a thousand years can easily be done in just one instant by the grace of God. I'm also remembering the thing I often quote from the fear and conflict section in chapter 2, which is that it's, it's hard to believe that thought and belief combine into a power that can literally move mountains. So it can move all kinds of things. So for people who are feeling like a victim crushed by situations and circumstances in the world, if we can go from thinking I'm being punished to my good is surely encoded into this and I will receive my good and I will share my good with my brothers and sisters. Right there you can move a mountain. Even if you don't believe it, but you do have to be willing to practice it. I'm willing to practice this. I'm willing to know the truth. I'm willing to let go of my pain and suffering perception. So that willingness to drop it like it's hot, that is so powerful. Because we get into these patterns of obsessive-compulsive thinking. Obsessive-compulsive worry, fear-based thinking. What Ernest Holmes so beautifully called the negative use of our imagination. So instead of having a vision of peace and joy and freedom, we latch on to a vision of pain and destruction, of suffering, of torture and punishment. 
when we feel like the victim of the world, we are affirming that we believe that we're being punished, right? I used to have that kind of obsessive compulsive thinking and it just was crushing and it was one of the reasons why I would self-medicate to dull my pain, to forget my pain, to forget the suffering. I couldn't stand it. Ugh, so painful. And what I know is that these patterns of painful thinking can be transformed. The fear can be transformed. We don't have to figure out how to do it, but we do have to be willing to let spirit in. So spirit is our true nature. Spirit is our higher Holy Spirit self. So we open our hearts and minds with just any kind of willingness, willing to be willing to be willing to be willing. Just that tiny little mustard seed of willingness is all that's needed for us to have this experience of transformation. And I I don't worry about things anymore. I don't have fear like that anymore. I, I still get irritated and frustrated, and I know those are expressions of fear, but I don't have the painful, obsessive-compulsive thinking. And oh my God, is that a relief, that I'm not spending my time managing and coping with these thoughts, and I'm also not trying to change everything in the world anymore. Instead, I'm really, truly working at changing my mind about the world, which feels like a peaceful experience to me now. And so I can be a more beneficial presence in this world. It didn't happen overnight. It didn't happen in one year. It it took me a couple of years to really make huge progress, and I keep working on it. And it's the blessing of my life. It's the blessing of my life. Oh, my goodness. 100%. And this is what I'm interested in sharing. And this is what we can share. And it's so beautiful. It's time for me to take a break. Let me just mention before I go that... My Finding Freedom from Fear spiritual boot camp program begins October 10th, Monday, October 10th, and registration is open at jenniferhadley.com. Check it out. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. And we're back. Thanks for joining me. We're talking about transforming the patterns of fear and worry. And we are looking at Lesson 196. And we are willing to let our perceptions and projections, our interpretations fade away so that we can remember We're already free. Peace is our true nature. Wholeness is our identity. And in that perspective, which is the truth, 
There's nothing to fear. There's nothing to worry about. We have not committed any sins, so we cannot be punished. So all sense of punishment dissolves. We're not victims of anything ever again. No more crucifixion. Whether we seem to be projecting it outwards or whether we are crucifying ourselves thinking that we're sinners. Whether we're thinking someone else is a sinner or we're thinking ourselves are sinners. All the punishment that that sinning seems to manifest, we're giving up any idea of punishment. It's a healing. It's a true healing in the mind to give up this attraction. And of course, what is the attractor? It's our beliefs. Our beliefs attract these thoughts into our awareness. And the obsessive compulsive patterns are the result of our beliefs. So we're letting all of that dissolve and resolve permanently back to the root cause. Let's look at paragraph 5 in lesson 196. It is but myself I can crucify. The dreary, hopeless thought that you can make attacks on others and escape yourself has nailed you to the cross. So this is the crux of it. The thought that you can make attacks on others and escape yourself has nailed you to the cross. Perhaps it seemed to be salvation. So when we're blaming others, it seems like we're salvation. It's not my fault. It seems like salvation. It's not my fault. They did it. They did it to me. Seems like salvation from blame, right? Seems like we're getting out from under the blame. But it's not true. It's not true. It's not true. It goes on. Yet it is merely stood for the belief the fear of God is real. So the thought that you can make attacks on others and escape yourself, escape Punishment, escape, pain. This is what's nailed us to the cross. Perhaps it seemed to be our salvation, blaming others. But it nailed us to the cross. So think of someone who has a crucifixion complex, a martyr complex. Don't they always feel like a victim? And aren't they doing it to themselves through the way they're looking at it, through their perception, through their projection? Perhaps it seemed to be salvation to say it's their fault. I'm adding in words here. Yet it merely stood for the belief the fear of God is real. See, because who's crucifying us? Who's punishing us? We think it's God, and we think we deserve it. The unconscious guilt. It goes on here. And what is that but hell? In a world, think of those movie trailers, in a world, in a world where... 
God is not love, but God is the punisher. And we are the guilty, the sinful, the shameful, the ones who need to be punished, deserve to be punished. What is that but hell? How do you get out of that? There's no way out of that in the ego mind. All we can do in the ego thought system to get out of this hell is to blame other people. It's not my fault. It's them. I'm the victim here. And to find ways to distract ourselves from our thinking. The effect that all that distraction has the managing and the coping and all of that, trying to change the world, that's a distraction. All those distractions, whether it's self-medication or it's trying to change the world, change other people, change their minds, do anything but look at our own thinking and how our thinking has brought us to this point, trying to do all those other things instead, that puts us in eternal hell, according to the ego thought system. There's no way out. So we fall into self-medication. We fall into distractions of uh, reading spiritual books, even. All manner of distractions. Open your mind right now What are the distractions that you have, that you use to keep you from paying attention to what you're actually choosing to think, the thoughts that you're thinking? These thoughts are not your thoughts. They're not the thoughts of God. Your thoughts are the thoughts of God. My thoughts are the thoughts of God, not of hell. Those thoughts create this or make this artificial sense of reality. And the only way to escape it is to have some kind of temporary happiness. Try and change situations, circumstances, people. Change our body, change our finances. Change the world rather than to change our mind about the world. So... It says, who could believe his father is his deadly enemy, separate from him, and waiting to destroy his life and blot him from the universe without the fear of hell upon his heart? Who could believe their creator is their deadly enemy, separate from them and waiting to destroy their life and blot them from the universe without the fear of hell upon their heart. Right? I mean, it's not complicated and it's not hidden. We just don't want to look at it because it feels too big, but it's not too big because it's just a thought. And our willingness to let all the thoughts go And stand in the holy instant of willingness to know the truth and to give up all attachment to the meaning we've made of everything. 
who we think we are, who other people are, all of that, there, there is heaven right there. Heaven is available to us. Yet many of us think we don't deserve heaven. The unworthiness is so key. It's so completely an expression of that unconscious guilt, the unworthiness, unworthy of love, unworthy of happiness, unworthy of beauty, unworthy of truth, all that unworthiness. We find ourselves managing and coping, trying to get some little breadcrumb of happiness and to be grateful for that, for a moment's respite when we can have a lifetime of respite, we can have eternity of respite, and we can get the heck out of hell. (laughs) It says, such is the form of madness you believe. If you accept the fearful thought, you can attack another and be free yourself. All right, so now let's look at that. Is there anybody in this world that you feel justified in attacking and that you actually think you can have freedom while holding that attack thought about them. Now what's interesting is many of the people I work with as a spiritual counselor, many of the people I work with in my programs like Finding Freedom from Fear, Spiritual Boot Camp, which starts October 10th, uh, Masterful Living, my year-long program, which starts in January. Registration will open in November. And um, do if you're going to take Masterful Living, sign up as soon as we open the registration so you get all the bonuses that will happen this year. I encourage you to do that because those bonuses are just a wonderful way to um, get some really good stuff (laughs) happening at the end of the year. And also finding freedom from fear is a wonderful way to prepare for masterful living. It's not necessary. Most people, um, I don't know, most, maybe half the people that come into masterful living have done finding freedom and half the people have not. Um, But uh, people who do take finding freedom say they, they are really glad they did. Anyway, um, such is the form of madness you believe. If you accept the fearful thought that you can attack another and be free yourself. When we attack another, we are attacking ourselves. And even if it's a politician on the TV screen, you see that's a thing. So, if you are not enjoying the peace of God every day, look around your mind right now. Who do you feel entitled to attack? What person? Somebody you work with, maybe? Somebody in your family? Maybe it's a politician. Somebody. Who is in your life? Who is on the screen of your life that you feel justified in attacking? And in that justification, in those attack thoughts, 
It's like you're handcuffing yourself to them and locking yourself in the cell of hell with them. Not kidding. This is what it says here. This is what it's teaching us. Until this form is changed, this form of madness, there is no hope. Giving it to us straight here. We're at lesson 196. We ought to be able to take it by this point. So until we change this form of madness, until we give up thinking that we have the right to attack anyone, there is no hope. Until you see that this, at least, must be entirely impossible. Entirely impossible to attack another and be free yourself. Until we see that this, at least, must be entirely impossible, how could there be escape? If we are not willing to recognize, to recognize, to remember, and to consciously say, okay, it's true, it's true, it's true. Every time I hold my brother, my sister, my colleague, anybody in my life, anyone, any politician, because so many people are so angry at politicians these days here in the United States. If there's anyone that I hold in my mind of deserving of my attack, of my contempt. I'm saying, I love these ego thoughts. Oh my gosh, I just love these ego thoughts. They're so helpful to me. They're, they're giving me the life I desire. Because I desire a life where people are punished, where people are held in prison, where people are tortured. That's the kind of life I want to live. The attacker will always feel attacked. The judger will always feel judged. And the beloved is what we feel and know we are when we are loving. The lover always feels beloved. So what would you like to be? The judger, the attacker, or your true self? the beloved, the beloved of the beloved. Hmm. Okay, we're getting to it here. We are getting to it. <laughs> so the fear of God, it says, is real to anyone who thinks this thought is true. The fear of God is real to anyone that thinks this thought is true that we have this entitlement, right, to attack. And he will not perceive its foolishness or even see that it is there so that it would be possible to question it. Until this form is changed, there is no home, hope. Until the, the madness of thinking that we can attack another and be free ourselves is abandoned there is no hope can it be any clearer there's no hope of spiritual transformation none if you feel like you have been going around and around and around 
for decades, years with spirituality and you're just not really seeing incredible transformation where you feel your life is miraculous, that your life is a testimony to God's infinite love and grace. If you're not feeling that, it means you are harboring attack thoughts and you feel justified in having them. That was the truth for me. That's why I'm saying it so strongly. This is what I know is the truth of our lives. And this is what he's seeing here. There is saying here, there's no hope until you recognize you're doing it to yourself with your attack thoughts. Now, this is what my Finding Freedom from Fear and Masterful Living programs are all about. Getting out from under the madness getting out from under the position where there's no hope and we're not even willing to question it, to look at it, because we feel so unworthy. I was talking with someone in Masterful Living the other day who was saying that they joined Masterful Living in a sense to prove it won't work for them because they're unworthy. I get it. I totally get it. It's like we want to just decide, forget it, F it. It can't ever work, so why bother anymore? But the thing is, is why would you ever, ever join a spiritually transformative, deeply healing program with someone like me if you, wanted to, if you truly wanted to prove you're hopeless? You would never do that because it would not be possible. (laughs) It would not be possible. And so that's a good thing. That's a good thing. But this is exactly the kind of thing I would have done. All right, let's move on to paragraph seven. To question it at all, its form must be changed at least as much as will permit fear of retaliation to abate and the responsibility return to some extent to you. So we have to move out of this form of attack and be willing to take some responsibility for how we feel and for our interpretations. It says from there you can at least consider if you want to go along this painful path. Until this shift has been accomplished, you cannot perceive that it is but your thoughts that bring you fear and your deliverance depends on you. And that's precisely why it is so intensely frightening and worrying and and perpetuating the anxiety because we are stuck in a loop. However, we can get out of that loop in a moment, in an instant. We really, really can. Taking responsibility is helpful. The willingness to not just stop suffering, but to align with the truth. I am willing to know the truth. Why not? The truth sets us free. I am willing to know the truth. I am willing to give up my attachment to these attack thoughts. So this is so crucial. It says, Until this shift has been accomplished, 
You cannot perceive that it is but your thoughts that bring you fear and your deliverance depends on you. Our next steps will be easy if you take this one today. From there, we go ahead quite rapidly. For once you understand it, it's impossible that you be hurt except by your own thoughts. The fear of God must disappear. You cannot then believe that fear is caused without. It's caused within. And God, whom you had thought to banish, can be welcomed back within the holy mind God never left. Salvation song can certainly be heard in the idea we practice for today. If it can, but be you, you crucify. You did not hurt the world and need not fear its vengeance and pursuit. Nor need you hide in terror from the deadly fear of God projection hides behind. The thing you dread the most is your salvation. You are strong, and it is strength you want. And you are free and glad of freedom. You have sought to be both weak and bound because you feared your strength and freedom. Yet salvation lies in them. There is an instant in which terror seems to grip your mind so wholly that escape, so completely that escape appears quite hopeless. Just think about that, 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 that kind of terror. I, I, I used to have that kind of terror where you just feel freaked right the heck out. When you realize once and for all that it is you you fear, the mind perceives itself as split. And this had been concealed while you believed attack could be directed outward and returned from outside to within. It seemed to be an enemy outside you had to fear. It seemed to be an enemy outside that you had to fear. And thus a God outside yourself became your mortal enemy, the source of fear. So let me just say that practicing this, it can feel overwhelming and too difficult. It, 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 for me, it was exhausting. It was so, it was the most hard, the hardest thing I ever did in my life was practicing just this, truly, just this, what is being talked about here in this lesson. However, it was also the most beneficial thing I ever did in my life for the healing of my mind. And it was that experience of it being so hard that really propelled me to create these programs where we can do it together, where it's easier to remember to laugh, where we have mighty companionship, where we have comfort in the group, and that other people who are going through exactly the same thing we're going through can talk with us. So we don't feel alone doing it with nobody in our workplace, nobody in our family, very few of our friends, if any, are doing this. To be able to do it in a group is profoundly healing, and it keeps us from getting hopeless and helpless and from giving up. And so that's what I'm offering you, to move out of just listening to this podcast, just reading the book, and to actually deeply doing the work. 
And I get that it can feel daunting that you feel like, oh, I don't have time for that. But let me just say, to not spend any time making foolish decisions, not spend any time regretting, not spend any time fantasizing, to not spend any time feeling like a victim and self-medicating and punishing myself and going around in circles of suffering. I, I save so much time every day, every day. I, I, I cannot tell you uh, the wonderful benefits <laughs> of being able to invest our time and our energy in other things. Even just self-medication alone is expensive. And uh, many people have told me they've gone off all kinds of medications which have saved them uh, way more money than the programs cost. Way more. So I'm putting it out there. And I'm asking you, are you interested in truly finding that place of freedom which only exists in your own mind? It's there. Bodhi's barking in the background. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, I have such a passion for this, as you absolutely know. And I'm so grateful that we can have an end of fear and worry. We can. We have everything we need. It is available to us. I invite you to come and get involved in some way, shape, or form. Uh, we do Sunday services every Sunday, Sundays with Spirit online. You can join us uh, on Zoom. It's a wonderful opportunity to be with like-minded souls and it's deeply nourishing spiritual community, uh, always available to you. Of course, it's free. So many free offerings at jenniferhadley.com. I invite you to come and check it out. A huge thank you to all the folks who donate to make this podcast possible and so many other free offerings at The Power of Love Ministry and jenniferhadley.com. I thank you. All right, let's pray. I invite you to place your hand on your heart and take a breath with me. We are grateful. We are thankful that the love of God is all that there is and it's all that we are. We are grateful and thankful to partner up with that higher Holy Spirit self, to turn away from the ego and to take responsibility, to recognize that we are one with all that there is. We are grateful to allow ourselves to extend compassion, wholeness, harmony, beauty, truth, wisdom to the whole world. We are grateful to let the past go. We share the benefits with everyone. We let it be. And so it is. Amen, amen, amen. I love you. God bless. Mwah.